0: Quarterback-wise, Far, all of them. Peyton Manning was like the only one that really didn't suffer from too much. He's like walked away at the <laughs> well, right he's time. he's just suffering from
1: having his Monday night football <laughs> show that is just <laughs> truly insufferable. Good Lord. It's,
0: it's wild. Um, yeah, they're having their, potentially the their money
1: ball moment. Um, yeah, maybe it's not a hot take. You know I don't know much about football, um, says my fantasy football. Well... <laughs>
0: your defense my i say i know a lot about football and my fantasy team is horrible this year um, but also a lot of injuries so that's my eye out that i give myself yeah
1: yeah and i also think that's that's another reason why like money ball because the game is so fast people get injured so often it's not about stars because you stars cannot stay healthy because football shouldn't exist
0: (laughs) (laughs) well also that i thought you were gonna go that or that route first with your hot take um no, I think there was someone saying, and this will be the last point, and we'll get into the actual normal DMGC topics here. Yeah, and uh, you can skip this, no, but this is good that's stuff. True, we're that's we're true.
1: auditioning for a sports podcasts in <laughs> Chicago.
0: At some point no, I'll have one. Uh no, I, I I don't know if I don't remember if it was Troy Aikman or if someone else. Like I saw a clip uh, somewhere else on Twitter or something, but they're like the uh the gunslinger being overrated or like mm. g- uh, arm strength being overrated, and I think it kind of plays into what you were saying a little bit, where it's like, I don't know if you need someone to chuck at eighty yards, just throw it precisely. That's it. Yeah. No one, no one to throw it straight. No one to put a little bit more arch on it, and that's it. And then let yeah. let these athletes that are like really good running backs, receivers, tight ends, let yeah. them just they have get them the ball and then let them
1: do their thing. Do their yeah uh, yes yeah, and I think like. The NFL for quite a while was has been so gunslinger focused. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. Also, before we get into our intro, uh I found the hat. I was about that, to say, like Yeah, I don't, that I you don't thought remember that hat. was lost. Uh it just it just sent to the wrong address. Um oh. because the, the stupid shop me app or whatever that everything's connected to in e commerce sometimes, yeah. like some I think we use it DMGT. It just overwrote my shipping address with what it thought, where I thought I lived. Uh, and It doesn't really tell you that. It's just like, you bought it already. <laughs> and then, yeah, so it was at my old apartment. So um, I have it now, and I wear it all the time. It's great. Nice. Hat. Yeah, I was Vaxed. about to say, like, that hat's looking great, man. The, it's the, looking cam- good. The little camo uh, action, I like it. And if you guys didn't know, this hat is uh, the DMGT, and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the DMGT
0: podcast. I am your host, Danny. I'm your host, Spencer. This is the podcast where we talk about uh, Chicago sports and take, we're we're like super, uh, we're the nice Billy Beans, both of us.
1: Billy Bean A and Billy Bean B. You decide which yeah. one's A and B. Danny's A and B. I've already decided. Well. As always with the pod, I'm number two. <laughs> uh, and also, just so everybody knows, we're skipping next week. We are just skipping still next week. You know, relax. We don't need to hear it. Relax, just relax. guys. Uh, we're going to come back after that week and we're going to run through the rest of the year. Oh, we Ripping got some best ups, man. We're, we're we're ready.
0: We're getting ahead of it this year. We're gonna be. Re- Spencer sent me a. You sent me a document, and you're already I have a document. stuff out. I'm like, oh, hey. now I'm the one slacking on that one. I haven't really filled in any anything in. So
1: hey, uh, sometimes having too many thoughts in your brains can help you put things oh on paper. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Occasionally <laughs> Full it lines up. Full Occasionally it lines up. Um, but Danny, what are we talking about today? We are talking about.
0: Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, the campaign is out if you've pre-ordered the game, and I caved this year, and I did, so I've played a campaign, I have some thoughts on it, uh, spoilers, I really liked it, um, we're going to be talking a little bit of some music, we're going to be reacting to, you know, the major drops of of the the week the last week yeah. is a as a heavy week you got a new t-swizzle album you got a new carly ray you got a new arctic monkeys i'll give you our impressions on some of those spencer listened to one more than the other two and i listened to them probably the equal equal amount which was nice to say not a lot like one and a half <laughs> listens yes each. these are
1: impressions not reviews
0: correct correct and you know spencer you did a good job last week with the solo uh, even though you, <laughs> I love that you're like, this is going to be like a lunch, make a Sammy and then you're set. And then you went like a full hour, which I loved. I loved. Uh, yeah. I should
1: never it was presuppose good, how long I I'm going to talk. It was a
0: good episode. Uh, <laughs> so since you did a little bit of rings of power, which I haven't seen yet, uh, I'm going to do house of the dragon, uh, which I haven't uh, seen yet. So balance is out balance. That's what we
1: do. Yes. That is exactly what we do. Perfect balance. Uh, <laughs> as all always should be. <laughs> uh danny tell me about this modern warfare 2 campaign so because yeah i haven't played it i haven't pre-ordered it i'm just gonna wait until i can download warzone 2 for free i don't really need the multiplayer i never played it when i bought it so just... yeah wait a, a is lot... warzone 2 not going to be free no it is it is it is okay um, but like, this this conversation
0: will be mostly impressions and also trying to convince you to play it so to get the uh, d- d- this version so we can play multiplayer this weekend um but yeah let's talk about the campaign specifically because okay when the beta came out to, l- l- to just get right into it how, how did you feel about like movement gunplay the overall feel of the game in
1: the beta in the beta um when I was playing it, I was just like, yeah, okay, this will be a good Call of Duty, like a decent to good yeah. Call of Duty. It didn't feel like um, the, what was the last one? Uh, Cold War.
0: No, no, Vanguard. Cold
1: War. War. Vanguard, um, when I played that one a little bit. Uh, and Cold War 2, I would say. Yeah. Like those, those, like, you know, the ebb and flow of really just like Call of Duty and also Battlefield. Yeah. Like the kind of the two shooters that I play most. It's like, sometimes they go more arcadey and sometimes they go more realistic. And I'm very much more, especially Call of Duty wise, uh, I want their a, a version of realistic. And what I mean by realistic is like, it's a little slower. Yes. More so than anything. Yeah, you're a bad When at they the get point. really arcadey, uh, I just am bad at it. But That's when they're fair. a little slower, I feel more successful. So I like those more. And this one, like the beta instantly, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So they're just kind of continuing what they were doing. And they removed some stuff that I know people are pissed about. But like those things were being abused. And then people that weren't as good at doing those things. Like I get why they made some changes to, to movement. Yeah. Um, but I felt, I felt like it, was, it, it felt pretty good. Like that was my takeaway. I was like, cool, Warzone 2 is going to slap. So all
0: of the because I I basically felt the same way. I think the the phrase that I was using was tactical instead of slow. It felt a little more tactical. Definitely not to the extent of like a battlefield, but it yeah. felt tactical in the sense that like movement was a little bit slower, but that means you just had to be a little bit smarter with your positioning and you couldn't just like sprint down a hallway in 0.5 seconds and slide cancel and whip around with your super high sensitivity settings and then like snipe someone from behind them after you were 10 yards in front of them half two seconds ago like right, the yeah. crazy chaotic like um arcadey that, i think that's a great way of, of putting it where like this might be a little controversial where like the skill gaps are like really wide but what happens is that there's like a huge discrepancy in in, in gameplay so the casual gamer i think gets turned off a little bit i don't think it's a bad thing to appeal to casual gamers in a call of duty
1: if no, you, if Call you, of Duty is literally...
0: It is literally the most mainstream yeah. video gaming franchise in the world. Yeah. So, like...
1: You, yeah. If it, people are saying, like, it, this is... They're, they're making it too casual. It's like, no, no, no. no. It's, it is casual. It is casual. You just are too into it. Yes, yes. <laughs> like,
0: um, if you if you only play a Call of Duty, you're a casual gamer. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. That you are. That's, that's what we're saying. Um, yeah. No, but, like, it, it, that's okay. But... They balance it out with the feel, I think, of the gunplay where it's like, OK, if you position yourself right as you're moving around and it do- and it's not like super campy because there aren't like any new to be in the attachments. Like, I feel like they did mm-hmm. a pretty good job of balancing out like campy and like slow movement versus like, no, move around, move around or else you're going to get, you know, caught out if you're just sticking in one spot. All of those aspects like were amplified to the nth degree in campaign mode. They yeah. nailed it. This is this is one of the better campaigns that I think Call of Duty has done since the original Modern Warfare uh, games that, that came out what ten tw- yeah, ten over ten years ago.
1: Modern well, Warfare really
0: two came out in two thousand nine.
1: Yeah. So can I ask you yeah. how much have you ever cared about campaigns in a Call of Duty world? Like not, like, since, I, not since Black of, Ops 2. Okay, okay. Because I, I would say the last one I think I completed, I think was Modern Warfare. The first one, when it actually came out. Is that the one with the airport that, massacre? That's, that's Modern Warfare 3. <laughs> <laughs> that's which one? Modern Warfare 3. Okay, so that's the last one that I've played a campaign for.
0: So, uh, we're around similar similar okay. areas. So, and and not to say that like, oh my god, this is like a God of War level like campaign or single player version or anything. But like there's a story that isn't quite as cliché. It isn't like super typical heavy like pro military propaganda undertones. There's actually like mm. some surprising U- u.s military and like uh private cor- uh, uh uh weapons uh critique in the story which i, I was like oh this was this is because di- this is a different basically like a different timeline from the original modern warfare series mm-hmm. so like they've switched things up new characters and stuff. i thought voice acting was was done pretty well so like oh there was like a compelling enough story here for me to like feel a little invested on top of like let's get really to the point here i'm playing call of duty i want to shoot things and then have fun with it but then they threw curveballs that I just wasn't expecting. This could be because I haven't played some of the other more recent ones. There were sections where, like, oh, this was clearly inspired by, like, action sequences in the Uncharted series. Or there were sections that were a lot more... I'll spoil it for, for folks and for you a little bit here. But there was a section where you're literally literally trying to break someone out of, a, of a, like, a private military pr- uh, prison uh, compound. Right and you control a camera and it's very tactical almost like a metal gear solid and i it was one of my favorite sections of the game because it just like it it felt good it made sense it wasn't too long mm. um and it was like oh man i'm like thinking about like oh position here it felt almost like playing chess in call of duty which i really enjoyed like i maybe some people won't like that but i was like oh this is a change of pace that i wasn't expecting and they executed it super well um I'm working on like a review video for YouTube this week. And there are like some specific s- sections where it's like do this thing and then they do it. But like they they just switch it up on you just enough where it's like, oh, mm. I wasn't expecting that. That was cool. That was cool to see. Um, and then just like how the gameplay opens up through the end of it, it does get a little tunnel-y like the first half where it's like, if you're not going here, um, the game's like, hey, you got left the mission area, which is a little annoying. But then towards the end of yeah. it, I was like, oh, a little bit more sandboxy. No, no, it was this isn't like a game of the year, but it was just like, oh, they're like actually trying to refresh the feel of, of Call of Duty well, to
1: some degree. I think like the thing that it sounds like you were experiencing was it seems like they actually tried on this one, which is yeah, often a critique of any shooter that's focused on multiplayer that has a campaign. Yeah. Which is why, like, for the most part, Battlefield just stopped doing them. Like, because they were like, "No, we 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 get it. These do suck. We're just not doing them anymore." Yeah, which I think, like, I don't think I don't know how many people would be upset if Call of Duty did that. I'm sure, like, initially, but it seems like they actually tried something out this time, which is like sometimes for a big blockbuster, right? Which is it what it be is. could
0: hit or miss. Yeah,
1: yeah, but they do something different, and you're like, yeah. oh, shit, I like that. That's cool." You know, yeah, like and, Marvel and, movies, like. Those those little swings that they take sometimes, I'm like, oh, I wish it was, like, all that. that Because that's cooler. I just... I don't need another, like, blue spire right. into the sky.
0: Right. Right. Um, So it was just, like... It was just kind of, like, a nice... Like, okay, you know what? This was actually worth my time. And the gameplay felt good. I played it... I'm playing it through realism uh, second shot with, like, no HUD and everything. I was like, oh, this is actually working. Like, I can... this works there there isn't like a ton of bullshit that like oh nice this isn't just like uh, broken enemy uh, spotting and stuff like that the ai for your companions get dumber which i don't know every game does this when you increase the difficulty your partner ai is just like are useless effectively in in game modes which is like come on help me out here a little bit i was like help me out here a little bit um but otherwise there was only one section at the end where they put you back into and it's a short super short where um because they implement like a couple of levels where like you have to scavenge and, and craft like makeshift bombs and smoke bombs and things like that before you until you get like a weapon or whatever which mm-hmm. was cool the first time and then they did it again the second time i was like okay i don't i don't need this like this is the end let me have my action sequence let me just finish this out yeah that's my one one critique so it's like spoiler like if you want my spoiler uh rating this is going to be a a three out of five but it's a solid solid three out of five like it is worth your time um i had a bunch of fun with it the gameplay the gunplay felt good and if that translates like it did with the beta and they keep that and just tweak like refine it i'm looking forward to this multiplayer i'm looking forward to multiplayer i'm looking forward to uh, the spec ops mode which is like their co-op mission thing which i think is just like a fun way of like oh you and i are gonna play a game here's the objective let's pretend we're both special forces and like yeah never
1: enough like- co-op in games so yeah. whenever you get it it's like hell yeah also i will say i've watched plenty of uh videos about the campaign and holy shit the amsterdam level the 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 fidelity that they achieved it. Freaked me out because as someone who recently was in Amsterdam, I was like, this is this is real. Is this real? Is this a picture? And they just superimpose stuff? Like that they just blend real? Like it is pretty astounding.
0: There's a there's a level in Chicago. There's a section in Chicago and I like I'm in the building. I'm like at the top, I was like, Oh, they actually like researched the city and like like literally Literally, little details like there's no way they have this and then like little details like oh shit
1: you know the uh yeah uh amsterdam like the the stuff i've seen i'm like oh i think i know where that is (laughs) yeah that's how like (laughs) close it is it's really it's cool it looks
0: so good shit graphics aren't everything but man when it when it when a game does it well it just looks so immersive, and. And it was colorful. Like it was colorful without being like overly like oversaturated. I thought Cold War got oversaturated in some sections. Yeah. It's, but it was
1: like Yeah, like yeah. And then sometimes when they go realistic, it's like and everything is gray. Gray and brown and yeah. dull.
0: Yeah. There there was a like like I'd say like half of the game takes place in Mexico and like one of the major missions you're like going through a town. It's like, oh, there's actually color and it looks like a small town in Mexico. It's like normal. Doesn't, like, not the the yellow tint haze uh, shit yeah, that yeah. I hate in, like, yeah. traditional the, media. Uh,
1: <laughs> the, the Sicario. Yes, the uh, Sicario. Where uh, that whole movie, and it looks cool as hell in that movie, because it's a good movie, but then all then the shitty everyone, movies. Everyone yeah. else,
0: like, overdid it to hell, yeah.
1: Color grading, man. Like, I, uh, the color grading is really something I notice more and more nowadays yeah. with, like, different streamers, different games. Uh, and, man, it's so weird. Watch something on Apple TV, and then watch something on Netflix, and then watch something on Hulu, like, of a similar genre. Yeah. And you're like, oh, they all have their own color grading palette mm-hmm. to, I think, try to differentiate themselves. It's very weird. It's just been something I've been noticing with, like, flagship shows. Yeah. Um, And speaking of flagship shows... Danny, should we do music or should we do Game of Thrones? You
0: you laid it up for me, baby. So like let's let's get into that. Let's get right into it. it. Nailed it. Good job. Uh this episode is brought to you by not me undies because they haven't sponsored us yet. They should though. They should give us money. Yeah. And
1: and we don't we don't wear underwear. <laughs> <laughs> you know like, my have you ever have you ever been a person who like doesn't wear underwear? I there I, are people I tried it once. I tried, I remember trying it once. I was like, this, is, this, is, this sucks. I don't it's like this. It's uncomfortable. I don't like un- it at all. Like, I don't know how people go free balling in jeans. Because I'm like, Oof. the zipper is Dangerous not game. a pleasant game. partner. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyways, so, so me undies, <laughs> we'd wear yours. We would. If you, know, if you wanted to toss a little fiver over here. Yeah, or nothing and just let us pretend that we have it. Like, just send us on that actually and we'll probably we we'll probably. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to give us any money just to us for us to have a real ad would would mean a lot. <laughs> oh man, we we'd make it baby, we'd make it. Um <laughs>
0: House of the Dragon. Let's get let's get into it This was uh one of the better first seasons of any show that I've that I've ever watched. Um and I'm not Damn. saying that just because I like Game of Thrones, because I hated the last two seasons. Okay with the se- uh, seventh one, hated the eighth one. Like, I was a vocal, like, hater, even as the se- season was progressing. I was like, they- they- they're screwing us yeah, up. It was super up. upset. They're it was screwing this up season. so bad. Yeah. Um, this was. There were minor issues that I had. There were one major issue in, like, the episode nine, just like decisions that they're making with characters. Like, sometimes they're like, this is. It's okay to like give characters um, progression and let them make mistakes. And then I was like, one is like, okay, you did this just for the action sequence and not because like it made sense like thematically. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that in one section. Um, but other than that, they kind of made up for it. Like the the finale, I thought was really good. But just the um, the time that this series takes in developing nuanced characters and like very great characters which i know you mentioned with rings of powers like you appreciate it they were like good guy good guy good good person good person bad person bad person like that clear yeah delineation um but at the same time i'm like man it's it's just it's so fascinating and entertaining to like oh here's like this person navigating what it would actually be like to live in a fantasy land that game of thrones is set in or house of dragon is um with a lot of like all the major like important characters are also like happened to be female, which was like, oh, I know that was like a big critique of like Game of Thrones, like how they handled female characters and female writing. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job here. I think it helped that uh, George R.R. R. Martin didn't write
1: uh, <laughs> the yeah. book that this it's is just, based on. Just you can it's- stop there. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Literally it's just stop there. He's, he didn't do it. <laughs>
0: Because the book well because like the book that all of this content is being pulled from is like it reads like a history book rather than like a fantasy novel. it's like uh it's like if if fiction fictional history of uh, Game of Thrones had like a
1: history book, like that's what yeah uh, how, uh, fire of well, blood is which is very like close to Rings of Power, which is based on kind of like the extended writings of Tolkien, yeah. Uh, but not the Cimmerillion. It's like mm. all of just the random-ass shit he wrote down yeah. is what they're working off. And I think that's really cool about the new Game of Thrones, yeah. rather House of the Dragon. Like, because the, it frees uh,
0: you up. It's so cool because the, the more I've looked into it, it's like it, even George R. R. Martin is like, is like this is an encyclopedia of sorts or a history book of sorts that is written by a historian in the world that is very biased towards one side which means you effectively get like you're like the major beats of events mm-hmm. to get to like where we are today but all that space in between oh, up for grabs up for determination you could change yeah. some things up here and there and some of the stuff that they change I was like this is this is perfect this is this makes sense the the idea that like you can't real they it was a almost not not symbiotic relationship with the dragons but it was like a very like the dragons are more like allowing you to work with them but you don't really control the dragons the targaryens and like the people from valyra like don't really control the yeah. dragons and like they slowly build that up and then at the end they're like oh shoot that was a nice twist you killed someone and it made sense because you don't have real control of the dragons. And the idea that you controlled the dragons is foolish. And, like, that's what, like, the king says in, like, the second episode or the first episode. And it, like, all came, it was, like, so well done. And it's, like, man, this is, it's, like, one of those, uh, a, se- a season I was, like, this is what I fell in love with with Game of Thrones. There was, I, they had a bunch of, like, dragon sequences and, like, really huge set pieces where it was, like, man, visually stunning, looks so cool. It's, like, whoa, the thing. One of my favorite scenes is a purely political thing. This uh, King Viserys is like walking into the Iron uh, Throne, into the room, slowly, like basically on the verge of dying. And it's the most—I think it's the most powerful scene in in the season. And it's just an Mm -hmm. old guy walking up and basically like putting his foot down, be like, "Yeah, no, my daughter is. Where, where, when did I stutter on saying that my daughter is the one?" And it was just so <laughs> badass. It was just that so badass. badass. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, awesome.
1: So I, yeah, you know, loved it. I'm back in. Well, I think like the cool thing about Game of Thrones, or rather House of the Dragon, what it sounds like, and then my experience watching Rings of Power is sometimes when things become huge hits in TV or film, it becomes a rinse and repeat. And then they focus on the thing that isn't what actually connected. Right. Right? So, like, if you think about the Hobbit series of films, just took Peter Jackson's own wrong lessons from why Lord of the Rings was amazing. Like, he literally just took all... He he just missed on what people cared about. And it was really weird because he was also the person that figured it out already, but then, like, went back on that. Yeah. Yeah. But then Rings of Power, I think, its strengths are the vibes that aren't the battles, right? They Like when they're focusing on the character, that's what makes it sing. And I think the same... You know what's crazy? I was watching something last night uh, where the Battle of the Bastards in Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. That's like season five? Season six. Six? Season six. Uh, And season six was when I was like, this show sucks it's now. Starting, it's starting
0: to, yeah, it was starting Right, to, yep.
1: but that was a great episode. And you know that's the first pitched battle in the entire Game of Thrones series? That whole, all of them were either assassinations or massacres. That was the first, or like s- single combat, yeah, or like yeah. small group combat. And I was like, I'm so glad to hear that your favorite part of the episode, or the se- se- season was one of those moments of game of thrones where that was the thing that blew everyone's mind was these moments of political intrigue and i'm so glad even with all these fucking dragons and we know how the dragons went in freaking game of thrones and they still have that stuff they realized they're like oh the thing that people liked about game of thrones because as the show got worse it got more action oriented Yep, yep was this stuff which is awesome because like Good writing and good acting with interesting costumes and interesting set, sets punctuated by action. That's good TV. Oh: TV man. doesn't need to be a movie every, every episode.
0: There, there, was, there was not The first episode had, like some like combat, but it was like a tournament, so it wasn't like a real war or anything like that. But there was yeah. no major combat always lo- sequences. I always there love a tournament. No ma- like spoilers, no major combat sequences in the entire first season of House of the Dragon.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with that. And, and it like was there was like two fights great. in all of Rings of Power, and it, I was like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to say
0: that like <laughs> House of Dragon wasn't violent at times. It was absolutely that. But it it yeah. Oh, actually, I lied. There's one. There was one uh, like war sequence. In, in House of Dragon, but it was like 10 minutes of one episode where it made yeah. sense where it was, but not like, uh, they didn't like overdo it. we're spending a whole episode on, on this battle.
1: Um, I have a question about yeah. your TV and Game of Thrones. Yes. So there was one episode that was very dark, and I know that uh, for OLED TVs, it basically like broke its brain. Did yeah. that happen
0: to your, your LG? Yes, it did. Yes, it did.
1: It did? There was... Uh, I think
0: it was like the fourth episode or something like that. You, uh, someone goes down into the dragon pit and like, it was just like dark because it's just like a torch and like you're going around. And I was getting like a weird, you know, you know how like in a traditional non OLED TV or like maybe you experience this with your projector, um, where like the gray like layering the blooming, gloom, like the gray blooming, yeah, the blooming all Blo- that blooming, yeah, yeah. But it's it. Was, it in sections that didn't have any lighting, it was like doing it for the entire screen, and it was coming in and out. It yeah, felt it's very
1: odd. Literally, your panel was confused because it was like, "Wait, to have contrast here, I need to like push light through this panel, but then it's so dark yeah. that it couldn't handle it." Um, there's a really interesting, a good video HD TV test. Yes, uh, basically like. He is so funny. Like, that's the thing about him that the more I watch him, the more I'm like, you are hilarious. But then he was pissed. I've never seen him, like, angry in a video, but he was like, I'm going to prove that what you guys said on Twitter saying it was on purpose cannot be true. And then he did. And he was like, there is no way this isn't a mistake because the way you graded this HDR is literally... Impossible for anything to perform correctly on it unless it's a thirty thousand dollar monitor, like reference
0: monitor. Yeah,
1: reference monitor. Like, mm-hmm. and then they like doubled down when people were calling them out. Did you see any? I haven't looked at it in like a week or two. I did. did they say like, nah, nah, we're just kidding. We re- we. Re- we re-HDR'd it. They uh they they quietly
0: re-HDR'd it. They updated oh, the episode. Oh interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, like because I think HDR, uh, I mean uh HD, uh shoot, what's the channel called again? You just HD, said H D HD HDTV TV test. Test. Literally was like, oh, they couldn't they basically couldn't go back on like they did double down a little bit, but they're like, this is just too like tangible of like here here's like the technical specs and evidence for it
1: uh so like they updated they updated it man i hope that hd h H (laughs) why can't we say this i hope that guy is so fucking pumped about just absolutely slamming down hbo with like data like because i was like damn this dude was motivated Oh, yeah. For this video in a very cool way for a guy who's such a pleasant TV nerd. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's 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 weird
1: because like some of the uh, movies
0: and TVs that I've seen on on the OLED that are like very dark or dark sequences or episodes or whatever, uh, we typically watch them like with lights off, we close the blinds, like the curtains, everything like it's like it's really dark because I'm like. I know that that's when where it's gonna perform the best, and like it's super immersive. Uh, but there was that episode; it was the night for night for day episode. Now, now I'm remembering specifically. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Where where like the episode like it got into that sequence. I was like, this is a night for day shooting. Like now I can like pick that out. Now it's kind of crazy. Um, and I'm like this. This is hard, kind of hard to see, and like it's pitch dark in the room, like in in our living room. Yeah, it was nighttime, and I'm like nope looked way better in their day for night uh, uh scene
1: yes the way that they did it day for night was, was really well done perfect was so well yeah. done
0: i was like this isn't that they're they're going for it but this isn't that like the contrasts are like off it, it felt it felt super weird and like when i saw that on the reactions on twitter i was like yeah
1: well, it was kind of hard to see <laughs> yeah it's kind of hard to see so it's weird because it's like that's like a thing about game of thrones is occasionally it's insufferably dark and it's a weird thing because it's like and it's really annoying what, because the yeah. the the tone and the
0: palette of the season finale in particular some of the best like cinematography and like shooting and filming and light contrast differences that they've had in the entire series it was so so well shot it was so well shot it looked very cool uh, but it was like oh I can see people where
1: they're supposed <laughs> to be <laughs>
0: oh yeah, that's great oh that's
1: interesting i can see the art that was made yeah look at scene. look at
0: their like beautiful <laughs> costumes and like the uh the outfits I was like yeah they look great and i can actually see them now uh <laughs> which is fun. yeah that's awesome yeah i i i, recommend I need to it. get into it i need it's to a, get into it it's i mean it's it's for sure uh like an intense it's a it's like a harder watch in the sense that like this isn't like a uh turn it on and have it on in the background like if you miss like a minute you're going to miss on some important context. So it's like a very attention demanding show for sure.
1: Yeah. Game of Thrones. They love their words. Oh, you yeah. know that they love talking. That's, their That's a lot of what game the game is. <laughs> That's they're
0: playing the game,
1: baby. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, you know what other games you like to play with the sounds? Oh, okay, I couldn't. Okay, I,
1: I couldn't. Danny, I'm well, I'm the transition guy. Okay. I'm the transition yeah. guy. Right. Uh, I get like one. Speaking of Game of Thrones, how about Game of Pop? We got two pop stars. Wow, see, see what I did there. All right, I pretty mean, good. Basically, it was okay. It was just okay. Yeah. Hey, I've spent thousands of dollars on improv <laughs> classes that I don't do anymore. <laughs> that one, so. was, that
0: one wasn't your strongest one. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh but Danny so we got T Swift dropping an album T-Swift, and I think for the Midnight's. second album in a row dropping it on the day Carly Rae drops an album yeah kind of a meme at this point uh and the Arctic Monkeys dropped an album as well um I think we have to save T Swift for last cuz I'm we definitely do. I got the most thoughts on that one. We do. Okay, so
0: let's start off with, uh, with the Arctic Monkeys one, because I think this one we'll spend the least amount of time in. And you will not be surprised. How, how much do you know about the album besides like giving it a quick listen?
1: Nothing. Okay. Jack Antonoff. Of course it is. Yep, I knew I it. Wondered, I knew it. I wonder why. I was like, Danny, I don't think, is a huge Arctic Monkeys fan. Why does he want to talk about Arctic Monkeys? Okay, I'll give it a listen and I knew something was off. I knew it. It's of course it's an Antonov.
0: It's an Antonov one.
1: Of course. Okay. Inter- continue. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So, I mean, Interesting.
0: It's been a while. They haven't dropped an album. I actually liked uh what was that? Uh F F M A M, right? The uh, the one before this one. Um uh... I know people are like more on like no the the earlier one oh boy now I'm looking up Arctic Monkey. It's called right I think
1: now. just M. AM. It's called AM. AM. Okay. So I actually
0: liked AM. I actually liked AM. Um but I know people are like, no, uh Favorite Worst Nightmare is like the the better one. Uh, which also I solid. Good album. Um this one <sighs> was just so quiet and like they were trying to go very like smooth and like a little derivative of it but there was like no sonic contrast in the audio i think at one point i'm like is this like a 10 minute song i was like oh i'm like three songs in or like uh, this is the third different track from the one that i started i was like this all blended in too much I don't mind that sometimes in an album if it's like working, like there's like some highs and lows and like dynamic differences. Um I didn't really get that with this album. Uh, I don't want to call it bland, but it was just boring. I was just bored with this album, like halfway through,
1: yep, yep yeah i I was listening to it and and my thoughts were and i. I I, are you are we sure it's Jack Antonoff cuz I'm not seeing that on the wiki. I'm seeing James Ford who seems like could easily be an Antonoff disciple cuz he's produced for a lot of the same people. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um but but yeah, regardless of who produced it, I definitely it was one of those records where it was less than the sum of its parts. Yes, was kind of my thinking cuz musically I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff kind of throughout. Um, like, I I did appreciate some of the production in terms of, like, music, uh, instrument placement. Um, you could really hear what was going on pretty cleanly, but the problem was it tipped over into sterile. Yeah. For me, a lot of the time. And, you know, like, vocals can make or break your love for a band. And... I like bands that have this type of vocalist, like um, where it's a little presentational. Yeah. I guess is like uh, not theatrical. I don't think it's... Uh, presentational, I think, is a better word for it. Like, um, but this particular version of me, of it, struck me as I was like, oh, I don't really like it. Like, and... I have the same problem with Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, I don't really like how Nick Cave's voice sounds in recordings. And I know that people truly adore him. And I understand why people like it and why people love Yeah, the Arctic Monkeys. Like it's a, not the same type of voice, but for whatever reason, as I heard it, I was like, oh, this is kind of like Nick Cave, where I can't get into it even though I would like to. Um, just that the way that vocal hit my ear, I was like, not interested. Yeah. Um, but I did think I was like, man, this would probably be a good like vinyl because it it would sound nice. Uh, placement of yeah, sounds like uh, soundstage like all of those things. It's really slick, but it's one of those times where it's like it's too slick. Is is
0: it's too slick for its own good. Also, I have to correct myself. Jack Antonoff produced the Taylor Swift in nineteen seventy five album. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, but
1: I mean, honestly, uh, this guy, what is it, James Ford? You look at his stuff, and I'm like, well, I mean, you could easily swap out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like I mean, I think they even produced on like similar albums where it's like they probably both produced stuff on the same album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally fair because it's like oh this guy did Mumford and Sons wilder mind the most sterile record maybe ever made yeah <laughs> uh like truly it's it, it's almost like there's no music on it cuz it is so clean to the point of disappearing <laughs> like, yeah yeah it makes sense like uh it definitely makes sense My, but then like yeah some florence and the machine in there and like i like dance fever. dance fever dance
0: fever was a good one yeah so like yeah um my brother, my brother, like I was, uh, I was hanging out with my family on Sunday, and he was like, he was like, this was, he was like, it was just like an album that you like throw on at a dinner party and just let play in the background.
1: Mm, that Ooh. is a perfect encapsulation. Yeah, <laughs> it's an album you don't actually need to hear. Right. That's unfortunately, yeah. That's a great. Yeah. It would because it's which not, makes sense. Like, yeah, be like, absolutely. Oh, in okay. a vinyl, let, let it play. You're chilling out, yep. whatever. Not good enough to be like
0: let's listen what's this yeah what's this
1: but not bad enough to be like what's this like yeah it's not like well, turn why this did off you put this right on. yeah which is honestly i have like basically none of those records like where it's just like you can just put this on like all of mine are like way too you know weird because we <laughs> like mostly weird music
0: uh, yeah
1: true <laughs> but yeah it Hey Arctic Monkeys, hope hope you're having a good time. Yeah, but, it was just you know, okay. Not, but whatever. Not super great. That's our thoughts.
0: All right, Carly
1: Ray. Carly Ray. Carly Ray Jepsen. Um so uh if everyone doesn't know Spencer's I'm, super biased. I've always been obsessed with Carly Ray Jepsen ever since really call me maybe. Um but I really started getting into it, I think when a lot of people did with emotion. And the motion B-sides. So I'm always very excited for a Carly Rae project. Um, Yes. I will say that Dedicated, I still go back to quite often. But I only go back to about five songs of like, what is it, 17? It's a long album. Too much. Uh, This one, I haven't had as much time with it yet. I've listened to it probably three or four times. Um, and I really like it in a lot of ways. Uh, I think it's really good. Uh, I think it kind of took what dedicated tried to be sometimes and wasn't, mm-hmm. and I think in some ways accomplished that task more. Like when dedication was coming out, Carly Ray was this is my dis- this is disco. I'm yeah. going for mm-hmm. disco, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you get it a little bit on Julian the first song. And then I would say you don't get a lot of that, like, disco for the rest of the record, really. Like, there's little moments here and there, but, like, to me, disco is the pulsing beat, the harmonies, the, you know, it's kind of like disco is about writing it out and dancing and, like, getting into kind of that feeling, yeah. right? And I think this album, when it's going that hard, is some of the best stuff she's done. Like, I would say... Uh, the uh, the the song "The Loneliest Time." I was about to say The loneliest time is like
0: the the one. It's maybe
1: it's maybe the best song that she's ever done. And like just picking a pure single from a pop star, female pop star for this year, I I don't know what else I've instantly loved more than that song. Yeah, that song is beautiful, and that song is disco. Yeah, I was at about, least in. <laughs> In the modern approach to it, as much as it can be, like it's obviously not a disco song like this, you know, right, when, it, right. when disco was actually happening. But man, those little moments of harmony that they have with that she has with Rufus Rain, Wainwright, the that pulse, pulsing kind of beat and drive of the song, even though it's a pretty soft song in a lot of ways, like it's just it's just so nice and i know that's another song on the album but it is it was it was truly just like i'm like man this is this is peak this is like peak carly ray powers in that song Yep, yep and if the rest of the album was pretty bad i would still say like that song is probably still gonna make me listen more to the album but i don't think the album is pretty bad i think the album is one of her stronger efforts since Emotion, um, for sure. I agree. I completely agree with that. It's uh
0: so some of the songs I I didn't I, I liked, I enjoyed um Dedicated, but like I haven't really gone back to it since it dropped. Like not like certainly not like emotion. That's gonna be like the right. cliche thing. Everyone goes back to emotion. Um it's one of the greatest pop records of all time. Um, oh, yeah. The loneliest time, I think the, the track itself, and then like a couple of other ones where there, there are moments where I'm like, I got similar feelings to um, in uh, sonically in a different space, but like the feeling was like in the in the spirit there, uh, similar to um, uh, to an evening with Silk Sonic, like where it was mm, you mm-hmm. said the word lush when when I when you first texted me about it, I'm like, yeah. yes, that is perfect, that is perfect description to. Some of these songs where, like, when she leans into, like, the disco and that feeling, it's like, ooh, there's, like, it's just, it's, like, uh lush is just a perfect word where it's, like, man, this is generous and, like, it's warming to the ear and pleasant and, like, thumping. Like, I can move to this. It's, like, a dance yeah. beat. Um And I just wish I got a little bit more of that consistently throughout because I think you can have, like... Like and we, I just talked about it with uh, the Arctic Monkeys album, like where the dynamics, like you have some ups and downs, it doesn't have to be the same sound consistently throughout. But the spirits and the feeling um, of it, when we talk about music, like the feeling of music, yeah, I think could have stayed been here a little bit more. I will be. I they're like typical champions and like loniest time, anxious. I think uh, is one of the uh, bonus tracks um, on Spotify. Like th- some of these are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna come back to these, so I really know. I'm going to come back to this one more than I did uh, dedicated. And I completely agree that it's the strongest effort, Sense of Motion. Um, I just wish I got a little bit more of of some of those tracks.
1: Yeah, there's there's definitely a couple of check down songs. Yeah. Like, like and I think for someone like Carly Rae, who when she makes an album, she makes like six albums usually, and then like pairs it down. Uh, I I would wonder, you know, like, Was this album that? Did they do Mm -hmm. that same thing? Or because I do think there's a lot more focus with this album than dedication or dedicated. Uh, And then it, you know, because dedicated had a B-sides, still pretty good, but it didn't like necessarily like the creative energy of emotion and the B-sides of emotion, which is as strong as emotion. Like, which is insane. Yeah, it's it's a double album of bliss, dedication, dedi, dedication. Which one is it? Dedication or dedicated? Dedicated. Good Lord. Dedicated. Dedicated. Um, I felt like it, it was almost because it was expected, and this one feels like it was very intentionally. You know, the official track list is thirteen. Um, the songs are pretty short up until the final two. Nothing's over four minutes. Right. Um, a lot of them are under three almost all of them and i appreciated that uh for sure but yeah it was it was a i wonder if this one had the same kind of maximalist approach to per to making a record or not mm-hmm. and and i haven't looked it up as much maybe i will we can check back in but this one feels like maybe she tried to target more and because of that some of those songs that or feel like a little bit of a check down, like not trying to go for it. like Western Wind. Not a bad song. Like, but like it's not a great song. And it's kind of just purely the vibe versus the content. Right. But I'm also okay with the whole vibe.
0: Yeah, you like, know what I mean? like uh like for me, like one that kind of like encapsulates like the dynamics that I enjoy is like Joshua Tree, I, I really liked. Like I thought that was, at least for me, a little bit uh, one of the stronger tracks on it. But like you listen to Joshua Tree and then you listen to uh, the loneliest time, which is like the the big one that's gonna start blowing up. I think. They're very di- like they're different songs, they're different vibes, but like they they make sense in the in the journey of like mm-hmm. a, a song of this 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 caliber where you're trying to bring in a slower disco type song dance type song but then like the upbeat one um to to an extent that 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 makes a little bit more sense to me whereas like some of the other ones like the the ones you mentioned yeah it just felt like eh, okay it's, like it's 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 solid but it's just okay
1: yeah and i i think like to to go back to the Arctic Monkeys just a, a tiny bit i think like the line between lush and sterile can be very Mm -hmm. thin Mm -hmm. like and initially like the second the album hit me i was like oh no but then i was like okay we're fine it was like five seconds of like panic and i was like okay never (laughs) mind it wasn't i was like a little worried because it did because dedication dedicated has to me it's over mixed treble wise like uh i think it, it gets a bit hissy on most speakers that i listen to it on um even at lower volumes like i think it was mixed a little bit incorrectly in my opinion yeah this one doesn't have that problem for me and i didn't not in a way of something like uh the car for arctic monkeys where you, basically the dynamic range i think is why it feels so sterile yeah is like yeah. it really doesn't have the, very high peaks it's the lack of dynamic range right it's the lack of that and i think like it's it's such a fine line between getting that lush feeling, and then sterilizing the, your music. Um, and I think the album does a good job, Carly ray's album. It it doesn't tip over to that, which I think is really hard. To it's tough. Do it's tough. Yeah, especially because it's like all electronic for the most part. Not not a lot of electronic. Yeah. Not not only. Um, but also it's like I mean shit. You listen to some actual disco music, and that shit's all treble (laughs) like like, well yes yes you know what i mean like unless you kind of fiddle with your eq uh you know that's kind of like back in the day apparently our ears loved grading treble
0: just super forward in the front of your face and the head just like yeah no depth to it at all glad we
1: didn't go that way for this (laughs) disco attempt um all right taylor swift Taylor Swift, Midnight. I need to get something out of the way. Yeah. I think this is my favorite Taylor Swift album since 1989.
0: Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I agree. Oh, I, sp- I promise, listener, we did not talk about this before we, we started. I completely agree. I completely agree. I have problems with it, but I completely oh, yeah. agree.
1: I have a lot of problems with it. But... <laughs>
0: Damn, that's I exciting. I love that.
1: deeply wanted Taylor Swift to follow that thread that was 1989 and continue there. And the problem was 1989 comes out, like Taylor Snake started to exist. She was getting, you know, all sorts of shit thrown her way. Yep, yep. And then she makes reputation as like a response to how people were treating her. Then we have all of the masters' problems and re recording, you know, old, old albums, right, right? Like, so she could control them. Um, and that was like a whole thing. And then, and then the problems begin really for me with Jack Antonoff. Yep. Taking over the Swiftiverse. Yep. And then we get two albums that everyone loves. Not trying to yuck your yum, but. Not interested in those albums at all. (laughs) Because I was like, I don't want Taylor Swift to go there. You made a perfect pop record with 1989. Why didn't you try something not like just doing that again? But it's almost like to me in the discography, Midnights feels like it should come right after 1989. Yeah. Like, because they feel more connected. And then like everything between i'm like yeah it's almost like the sequencing of albums is why i maybe don't like the the albums between those two
0: yeah it's a it's a we had similar similar thoughts or a similar conversation with like uh the kendrick discography when we were talking about mr morale um just mm-hmm. like the placements of them makes more sense in a different order uh, but i agree i think midnight's is like I don't think mature is the right word, but it's like, it it feels like a nice progression from like a 1989, right? Like if, if, if you're following like the evolution and growth of an artist and you listen to 1989 and then Midnight's back to back, it's like, oh, this makes sense. This, this feels like a good continuation or progression from an artist that's like trying to continue to develop their sound but stay true to like what's making them successful or like you know the peaks of 1989 um i i liked it i liked midnight's a lot because it's interesting because my my wife lily is uh is a swifty she is a swifty through and through she's like a like a real taylor swift fan um and i listened to it and i was like oh man i like this I don't know if Lily's gonna like this, and like I went over, like her feeling. She's like, um eh, it's growing on me." I'm like, "Yeah, I knew it," and I think I know. I think I know why. um, because we we talked about it a little bit more, and then like uh, articulating my thoughts, I'm like, the problems where I think where Taylor gets into some problems here is that there are moments where. This is always tough to say about an artist because they're like, they're making art or like making art for the world to consume and then critique and rip apart. So like, I respect that, but it's also like there are moments where just felt like she was just trying just a little too hard where like you're in your pocket for so long in a song and then like,
1: yep. "Ah, Yep. Why did you take
0: that turn like that?
1: Yes. And this is, I think this is always Taylor Swift's problem Yeah, is I think, to try to put her stamp on a sound or her stamp on something, she just goes a little too far into whatever that is trying to look like. Yep. And then yep. she can ruin it, unfortunately. It's- like, Cause she can, I like Taylor Swift, like as a public figure, I think, you know, she's doing fine there. Like, um, I think, she has fun interesting scandals more so than bad ones as much like her you know like the freaking long ass video that everybody was freaking out about and uh you know getting interrupted uh at the vmas or grammys or whatever it was um but i do think that sometimes it's 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 almost like how privileged she is makes her grating when she's trying to attempt things that are about being a normal human. Yep, yep. And I think, like, uh, Christine, I was, we were talking about uh, Renaissance, because I really, really love Renaissance by Beyonce. She was fine with it, but her thing was, like, she doesn't always hear lyrics, but, and I think um, Renaissance is a great album for people that don't, because I think the lyrics are very clear to hear more easily because of like the trance of a house type dance music kind of backing. Like it kind of sticks out a little different, but she, she literally was like, well, the thing is, it's like Beyonce, it's like a billionaire. Like, yep. Why is she talking about like working, working right? (laughs) Like a nine to five, like a lot, you know why? And I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, I guess that's, but if, you know, for me when Beyonce does it for whatever reason on, on, on Renaissance, it either felt more genuine or I understood more clearly the commentary from Beyonce's perspective on doing, taking that choice, making that choice. Where when in Midnights with Taylor Swift kind of occasionally doing similar types of things about like, you know, we're all the same kind of, right? Yeah. For, for someone who, you know, is worth... 350 million dollars something like that 450 who came from wealth that's like how Taylor Swift became a thing she yeah. was you know uh from a millionaire family it's really it's a lot tougher for me to swallow that even though Beyonce's been a huge star for most of her life yeah and- she still started from you know not having much yeah. and so i can still go well i can remember when i was Super poor, right? And like right. racking up my credit card debt and on food stamps, like those things happened. I'm definitely not there anymore.
0: But, 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 but you, I had,
1: I did experience it, so there, I could still talk about it.
0: There's more, there's more, uh, what's the word? Uh, genuine, genu- genuine, but like genuity. I don't know if that's a word. Um, genuineness, genuineness to, speaking back on like an experience that you had and then comparing like how where you are today uh in comparison like like that dynamic i think there's there's like oh there's like a real there's an additional layer of realness to that when 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 you know that there's okay there's been a progression and a change and like a lot of artists do come from well like let's be honest like a lot of people like do oh yeah yeah like most People in but, the entertainment but like, <laughs> industry, <laughs> had an uh, in already, but Sorry, not everyone, everyone leans into it. Like, no, no, I'm normal. Like the way that Taylor tends to do sometimes, um, and like, she's already like one uh, one of the biggest artists in the world. Like, obviously, like I think she broke. literally time. broke Spotify uh, on on Friday on Thursday night. Um, Thursday night, also Thursday night football had like one of the highest viewing uh, viewerships they had in all time. Like, that's just the power of like a a complete pop star that that taylor is right like she yes drew drew in so many eyes to this game because of the announcements and the drop um so like that's we're not trying to discredit her at all but like maroon was my favorite track uh, on the album and then you get to the bridge and i'm like why 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 did you enunciate it like this like why are you like Man, you were just in your pocket, and it was like it made sense. And then, like, and it waken your memory over me, and that's a real fucking legacy. Was like,
1: Taylor, I, why, yeah, why? Like, the, <laughs> I think the thing, the thing about it is, I think that comes from, I don't know. Sometimes because it, it, like, I think this is like a tired Taylor Swift stereotype. But like, Taylor Swift was someone who sat in the front of the class. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and. Taylor Swift can sometimes be a try hard and I think those moments are just try hard moments and like they just don't they don't always work sometimes they do like I think sometimes just the song shake it off
0: yeah I was about to say shake it off was like a perfect example of like she crushed that one
1: yeah and it's dumb and it's weird and it's basically nothing but it's awesome because she just let it speak for itself and it was so self aware it was so self aware and I think that's the problem is like <sighs> Sometimes when she makes those choices, it is supposed to be self-aware, but there's like a thing about self-awareness where you can be self-aware to the point of losing awareness, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, like I, you know, I'll talk about talking too much, and then I'll fulfill <laughs> my prophecy of this, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I'm aware of it, but I'm not—or I'm self-aware of it, but I'm not actually— it's not working. That awareness is doing nothing for me, right? And I think Taylor Swift like it feels like sometimes that that's it. Now, can I get into my upset takes? Yes. Okay, great. Please. Um so Midnight's, I mean, or you could call it a remake of Pure Heroin cuz <laughs> I, I straight up straight up. I wish I had more time cuz I was thinking about prepping a beep, a play-by-play, but so much of this album is almost verbatim pure heroin in terms I, of sonic, sonically. There are, there are, like, there's a song, I don't know which one because I was just listening, not looking at the track list. One song I was like, oh, so they basically took the song Teams and, like, did one or two other things to that music. Uh, she does all of the Lord harmonies and all of the Lord kind of shoegaziness, uh minimalist sometimes, moments of joy. The storytelling, I think she was attempting to do Lord, but I think Taylor Swift is too literal of a storyteller. Yeah. So like yeah. some of it rings falsely because yeah. like uh, We'll Never Be Royals, right? is is basically a song that's a an indictment on fame and glamour that feels out of reach. Right. And it basically is really just "and will never be royals," is how she expresses that feeling of knowing that you're not a rich person, you're not famous. You know, at that time she wasn't. Uh, and and it and it wasn't. It's not just like three verses of how I'm not rich and famous, right? It's, it's the, the, the storytelling is, or the metaphors, analogies, whatever it is, is very subtle to evoke yeah. the yeah. emotion that you may feel when you're feeling that way about something. But for this album, and my biggest problem with it, is it's all the literal—it's the, it's the, it's not the subtext, which I think why Pure Heroine is a classic— because a lot of it is dealing in subtext. Yeah. Like, uh, so many of the lines in across pure heroin are just like these little glimpses of what a part of a night may feel like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, but it's not saying it all the time. It saves some for the
0: imagination. It saves some for the imagination.
1: Yeah. And I think like with the, with Taylor Swift, with this album, um, it's just not that subtle. And it, and, it definitely beats you over it, the head sometimes. And that's the yeah. problem. Like, I think like there was like one line in it and in one of the songs, I don't remember which one, that was basically like like something around like men are stupid or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Well, that's true. Uh, one hundred percent. But I was like, it wasn't that interesting because it was like I think it was literally something like and that guy's stupid. And I'm like, well, yeah. okay. Like, yeah. totally fair. Sounds like he is based on the rest of the song. But I was like, I feel like there could be a cooler way of saying that. Yeah. Like, it was just so literal to tell you what you're supposed to take away from the line. And not leave a lot of, like, ability to think about it differently. Yeah, like just like um, a fun
0: way of making that same insult, you know? Like
1: Yeah. And then it's like, you have Lana Del Rey on an album where you're basically stealing a lot of her sound as well. You produced by Jack Antonoff who produced, uh, uh, not pure Heroine, but produced, uh, the, the next album of Lords, a melodrama. And it was almost like, cause I know Jack, you know, i unfortunately follow what Jack Antonoff is doing. <laughs> I like Jack Antonoff. I think he's a very important figure in pop, but it was almost like he like was like, t Swift, so like we're doing a third one, right? She's like, Yeah, cool. He's like, Hey, so like, I kind of wanted to like make uh pure heroin, but like, but you would do it. And then also, Chemtrails was such a success with Lana Del Rey. We'll like throw a little bit of that in there, and um, you're never gonna full voice sing this entire album. That sound good, and then that's <laughs> what we like. We got exactly that, yeah, and it's good. Like, it's a well-executed album. It sounds awesome. There's cool production choices. Yep. But damn, man, this, I could not, and I wanted to just appreciate it on its own. And I do, that's why I wanted to start with, I really like it. Yeah, yeah. But it's really hard for me to not have to go, like, I do want to maybe even try to go track by track to find those similarities where I'm like, why are you going back to this sound now? <laughs> it's it just, oh man, I, it just confounds me. So I'm so this I didn't want to bring this up because like
0: I was waiting to see if if you t- 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 thought a similar thing, similar thing. Uh, Lily's gonna be so uh, vindicated for sure because she one of uh, like the second thing she said uh, was like she's trying too hard to be Lord here.
1: No, she's stealing from Lord. So <laughs> she's. It's so not even Lily's trying be like, yeah, to be Yeah I told you like, I told you Yeah There is yeah. so many Exact Musical phrases Either vocally Vocal choices And I would also say A lot of the things That we were talking about That we didn't like Those extra steps Was because I feel like They were like I think we need to like Maybe not make this Exactly this song Like yeah. so could you just like Say fuck weird Maybe that'll be enough <laughs> Like <laughs> Some of it felt like it was almost covering your ass. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it, uh, so it was like, hey, on the nose. hey,
0: you can copy my homework, but just change it a little bit so they don't know it's it's the same. Yeah.
1: It literally is like, hey, <laughs> I, I'm giving you, i yes, yeah. giving you this ten page paper. <laughs> like you just need to like oh, move man. every word over by one.
0: <laughs> and any any sane person that listens to to the last twenty minutes of this podcast can be like. Did they really like the album? Like he, this is the problem folks when you are obnoxious and listen to music the way that Spencer and I do. You, we just get like Yeah, no one else so wants to talk about it with us. We
1: <laughs> literally no one wants to have this conversation in our lives. No. Except no. us and yeah, this is the yeah. only place that we have dedicated time only to outlet, do it okay? <laughs> without other people around to f- be freaked out. <laughs> do you know like uh, we've been trying to help our buddy Jay yeah choose a TV. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and we've we've and, just
0: made it a huge fucking thing.
1: Oh, well like I was like Christine was like, "Hey, you seem chipper this morning." I was like, "Jay asked us about a TV." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having a blast. And she was like, "Cool, man." All right. <laughs> and I was like, "Do you want to hear more and she was like no i definitely don't uh,
0: i was because i was i was over <laughs> his his new apartment yesterday last night for the game and you
1: got a tape measure like okay <laughs> well we let's literally we like go. got up
0: like hold on hold on. let's like a look because you got this this outlet right here so like if you angle it like this and you get it like this and here's an oled's gonna be nice and thin so you'll still cover it but also you can get a little bit higher if you want and we got like i got a little nerdy, and at some point he was like let's just watch the game now i'm like okay all right fine yeah <laughs>
1: but the thing is like man see bum bummed i missed it because i would have just been like you know i don't really care about football that much but man let's talk about this space for all the electronics <laughs> how are we gonna wire this up like do you want to hide the plugs do you do you don't care about cords on your walls like what's up like what yeah, can we do yeah. what's your budget do you have any budget for cable management? Could you?
0: Oh, we would have mapped out a whole thing, a whole <laughs> yeah. thing, uh, and that's 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 who we are. Uh, hey, folks, that's the episode. We we yeah. went, you know, we you let us, you let both of us, and not just Spencer this time. You let both of us kind of rant a little bit. So uh, we're gonna call it right here. I think for for our own sake and your own sake. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get out of here, everybody. Go- <laughs> If you made it this far, you probably didn't. But if you did, go, again, listen to, uh, go check out the uh, DMGT20 playlist. We threw in, you know, yeah. a weekly thing. I just, I had been, you know, slacking on it for the last month or so, but it's back up and running.
1: Go check it out. Also, uh, watch, also, watch videos watch that, videos that like, are made and yeah. TikToks. And, yeah, yeah. you know, get us in touch with MeUndies. MeUndies.
0: Well we'll, spon- we'll yeah. Our whole We'll sponsor
1: listeners. you. <laughs> a whole thirty listeners. <laughs> we'll pay you again. It'd be cool to have a commercial. Alright. Super cool. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.